0: Hello everyone and welcome to 7Tracks, the podcast where we go through the musical DNA of some of your favorite people. I'm your host, Jacques Morel. At 7Tracks, we talk about the songs that make up the building blocks of our guests' lives throughout 7 Topics, Growing Up, Love, Success, Loss, Adoration, Guilty Pleasures, and of course, what they're listening to today. My guest today is Kendra Austin. She's a model, content creator, a consultant, and honestly, pardon my French for Awesome. Her and I met through my amazing colleague, Lisa Shannon, and the energy they both bring to life is just invigorating. Kendra and I had such a great conversation. From her having the musical taste of a divorcee, to how Ariana Grande's Needy was her top song on Spotify, two years running, to how journaling could help her have a perfect day. Yes, soundtrack to Hoku's perfect day. As always, you can hit us up on Instagram at at junior, or shoot us an email at 7trackspodcast at gmail.com. And now, without further ado, Kendra Austin. Kendra Austin, welcome to Seven Tracks, how are you?
1: What's good, I'm so great. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm a huge Jacques fan, a (laughs) Jacques Stan, if you will. Um, And I'm eternally grateful that anybody wants to hear my corny ass opinions on music. So thank you so much.
0: We were talking in uh, the traditional pre-interview preamble that you like to drive songs into the ground. We share that uh, that that taste, that exquisite taste um, of the seven tracks that you picked. Like, you know, which is your favorite to drive into the ground? Before we dive into them, I just want to know which is your favorite to drive into the ground. Which is the most has the most tire marks over it? How about that?
1: <laughs> okay. Well, you know what? I'm gonna. I'm going to this is going to be a tribute to um, the terrorism that is Spotify's annual replay and uh, and say that my, my number one played song last year was in fact Meaty by Ariana Grande, which is a cry for help. <laughs> it is a cry for help.
0: I mean, especially with the topic you chose it for, you chose it for loss. So the fact,
1: I, like,
0: I feel like, should I check on you? Should this, should I, should this be like an intervention of sorts?
1: Like, never, you fear, know? never fear. I already overcompensated for it by getting a therapist. Never fear. <laughs> we do in fact have the help that we need. Um, but no, I did drive that song into the ground and um, I I'd do it again. I do it again! I I think that that song is so stunning. Also, like, I, I, you know, it's a little bit shameful for me because Ariana Gondo is who she is. She's a a cultural appropriator, but she also is a stunning vocalist, probably one of the best vocalists of our time. Her saddest, her like saddest sad bitch song on every album and project she's ever dropped has always been phenomenal. And needy did not disappoint.
0: And I feel like the other songs that you picked, like you have Tony Braxton on here, you got Stevie Wonder, <laughs> Meek Mill, <laughs> Haley Williams. You know uh, the Meek Mill song. I'm sure we were all told that's for success. So to, uh, we could we'll get into that in a second. But can you just give Absolutely. me a word that describes your music taste?
1: Um, uh, one word: divorcee. <laughs> I think I think that I have the music taste and this has been true my whole life. I think that I have the music taste of a three-time middle-aged divorcée who is a little bit angry but also healed. And I think that that's honest.
0: Holy shit, you know, I wish I got red wine for this conversation. My god. My god. <laughs>
1: Okay, I think that that's honest. Okay, if you look at if you look at the seven songs I chose, all of them hit. All of them hit that standard. I'm telling you that.
0: So you know what, and I think your, your first song definitely, wow, your first song definitely drives that standard to the T, to the is Tony Braxton, He Wasn't mad Enough.
1: That's exactly right, that's exactly right. <laughs> so let's
0: listen to that together. Okay, gorgeous. We'll talk about it on the other end. This is for growing up. I wanna hear why Tony Braxton, He Wasn't Man Enough mind you of grown up. We'll see you in a second. That was Tony Braxton's He Wasn't Man Enough for Me, written by Dark Child and others, but definitely reminiscent of a time. It's off of Braxton's yeah. third album, The Heat. And I want to know how old are you when you first heard it? And what is it about that track that makes you choose this for growing up?
1: Oh, okay. Tony Braxton's The Heat was literally the soundtrack of my entire childhood. I was I was raised, I was raised by an, a very angry divorcee um shouts out to mom shouts out to mom love her and uh you know she just like loved this album and we used to just (laughs) bop around in the car listen to this and I would be like feeling it in my spirit right I have no idea I personally have not been cheated on okay Mm -hmm. but I felt it I absolutely felt it and um yeah no he wasn't man enough I just remember like looking at my mom like screaming this with her whole chest and I was like she's feeling (laughs) things. and and you know you know what It, it just did not have that experience it absolutely hit um and i thought tony braxton in specific and this album was like a like i feel like it had its own version of city girls energy like Mm. r&b city girls energy because she was so like i like girl i'm not i'm not worried about your man like and you should be more worried about your man but i'm not worried about your man and the whole album was very much like that um, And I felt like Toni Braxton was also very rare In that she had a really, really deep voice Yeah, And I've always had a deep voice And I always loved singing And she was the only artist whose songs Whose notes I could hit So that, that was a huge part of it too
0: Were there any of those songs off the heat? Like they have like Just Be a Man About It I'm Still Breathing You know, the heat was kind of like Toni Braxton's like Kind of, that, that comeback album But she had just had a bankruptcy before it So, yeah. you know what are the tracks from that album kind of remind you of uh, sitting in the car next to your mother as she was singing it with her whole
1: chest, as you say? <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm Still Breathing, Just Be a Man About It, for sure. Why you calling me? Why you calling me on the phone? Just be a man about it. Oh, that shit used to get me going. Oh, Spanish guitar, again, The saddest, the saddest song on the album is always the one that I love. One of the first times I ever like performed publicly was like in like chorus in elementary school, and I sang Spanish guitar, which is such a testament to what a weirdo I was. Like I was such I was such a weirdo, but I felt it. I felt it in my spirit. Yes, I was born and raised in San Diego, and um we were I'm a military brat, we were military.
0: Uh so, so you all moved around, right?
1: That's exactly right. That's exactly right and um yeah no it was very transient the vast majority of my time like we've lived in Chicago and Vegas we would always come back to California and we would always be in in military housing and what was really fun about that is like honestly kids kind of just got to run the streets of the neighborhood safely so it was a lot of fun because like we all thought we were grown like we all thought we were grown and uh music music drops were everything like we just be like cruising with like our little like whatever whatever player was a thing at the time cd players whatever yeah, listening like to music Walkman, on like,
0: like the yellow sony walkmans yeah
1: exactly exactly like on the pegs of somebody's bike like it was just it was a lot of fun
0: so what can you tell me about your parents music taste aside from the heat um <laughs> what else was you listening to
1: absolutely um no my mom in general loved love female R&B artists like mm-hmm. any and all we love Tamiya mm-hmm. um no Tamia was absolutely major also like truly any artist that was like coming up at the time like my mom was like a very topical listener like she was top 40 for sure so like Ashanti like we loved Ashanti um we loved Mariah Carey you know what I mean just like the absolute classics that were bopping at the time like that was it that was it early 2000s was major for us
0: I feel like the early 2000s was like it's very, it, people always joke about a bush era comedy and even like you know this song tony rax and he wasn't man enough for me right even it's kind of in the same vein of like uh, a, a, a a female empowerment song written by males
1: you know what i mean like yes yeah. yes <laughs> yes like, that's exactly like what they would imagine i mean like even like the you know the video the video for wasn't man enough right is so clearly through the male gaze of like extremely hot like double cheeked up huge boobs animated animated characters two women battling it out for an Mm -hmm. ancient man that doesn't even have a role in the video yeah sitting there watching his own fuckery like i do think that that was the general energy of early 2000s and i feel like it was You know, women were, like, slowly coming into their own of, like, what that would mean for them. But at the time, no. It was fully, like, we're all competing for the same space. And you could feel that in the music, 100%.
0: It's like we're all competing for the same trash dude that...
1: Just who does not even have a bed frame. And I know it. And I know it. And I know it.
0: There was this John Rule song with Ashanti, um and it's like why you hurt me so why is it not coming to my mind right now but I remember there was a song it's just like basically this idea it's like you like and and you know we as a man I can say that it's like that propagates this shit it's like we are the ones that are the at fault but like making we're writing the songs that you're singing that will make it seem like we're not that bad that it's actually you that needs to be fixed and not us but it's really us
1: Oh yeah, no, that's exactly it. And also like, let's be honest, like it was really, really easy for men in the industry to be predatory in that way, yeah. because, because at that point, like it had been like literally ages of programming for women to think that the only thing that's standing in their way of love or of a career or of anything that they wanted was other women, right? Like it, we were d- definitely very much still in like the scarcity mindset of like w- other women are our competition versus like our accomplices. Uh, and I think that that, like, specifically ranged through in, like, um, in communities, people of color, for sure, and definitely at that time. So I think that I mean, that showed itself in r and I mean, it's
0: kind of like, you know, especially people of color or black people, it's like they're having, um, uh, crabs in a bucket mentality, but it's like we were still put into that bucket. You know what I mean? It's like we're fighting yes. each other every single time we try to leave. But like naturally, that's not what we would do. You know? But it's like the conditions that create, you know, the situations that put us in where we act in that way. But it's not those aren't that isn't our fault. And that's but exactly it's not necessarily right. part and parcel for this case because I do believe like it's still <laughs> yeah. them writing these songs. You know right. What I mean? It was still our fault. Me as a man, it was still our fault.
1: <laughs> right right no absolutely completely like i think that the you know the quote-unquote system and there are many there are many involved in that big capital s system um that like you speak of that like has the upper hand like it's almost impossible to move an integrity within it right and that's true for misogyny it's too it's true for white supremacy like there's always going to be a loser and a winner as long as we as a community, are operating inside of them because it's not inherent to us, to your point. Like, our story is community, right? It is communion. It is collective. It is artistry. Like, that's our story. But as long as we're still trying to compete for money, right, and for fame yeah. and for these other things that were just built without us in mind, and in fact, with us in mind, to crush us beneath it, we're not, we're not going to be where we want to be. Um, hence, Tony Braxton's The Heat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um and so i think before we get off this uh i wonder were there any songs that your parents were not into your mother not into you listening to like in the sense of it's like yo turn that off like why are you still bumping this like turn that oh off. oh
1: my god oh my god you know what my mom was like so like i said she was an incredibly topical listener so like she absolutely loved listening to like trash top 40 and that's what i was listening to so mm-hmm. it was cool and we had zero censorship in our house so like i could listen to absolutely anything um my brother who's like roughly eight years older than me he was a huge eminem fan oh my god! so gosh. So like naturally that would be playing in the house and like I would vibe and she was like he's literally talking about brutalizing women like maybe <laughs> maybe maybe not maybe not that um for your little sister but I mean kind of an icon so
0: yeah i know right big punch a hole in the wall energy
1: (laughs) big punch a hole in the wall and call your mama bitch energy (laughs) Go and
0: to kind of tie a nice little bow on it that encapsulates the bush era (laughs) you know what i mean like big like hey let's not let's not work out these problems let's just punch a hole in the wall
1: and 100 100 throw a shoe (laughs) throw a shoe no it was that's exactly what it was was just like pure that was like I feel like the most obvious time and space where we could see that we lived in a carceral state, right? When we lived in a carceral state, and we were entirely about crime and punishment and not about rehabilitation or like really any value. I, I wouldn't say value was present at all.
0: So I think uh, it's a good place to to move into the next topic is uh, <laughs> yes. is love yes. uh, and you picked uh, Stevie Wonder's "Knocks Me Off My Feet" and this is before this is before both of our times so I am interested in finding out who it is or what it is or why it is that this song knocks you off your feet and like what where the song kind of carries you to when we vibe to yes. it and you know kind of like put us and the listeners into that space. That was uh, Stevie Wonder's Knocks Me Off My Feet off of his eighth studio album uh, from 1976, Songs in the Key of Life, a double album, a classic album of the year um, during his dominant period of the 70s and early 80s. Uh, this track, like I said, is before both of our times, uh, mm-hmm. probably lives more in our parents' times than it does ours. You know, where where did you go when we were listening to it just before? Why did you pick uh, Stevie Wonder's Knocks Me Off My Feet?
1: Um, I think Songs in the Key of Life is literally the gold standard for any R&B album. And so many people are familiar with Isn't She Lovely, which is a gorgeous song, but I don't really think that it like exemplifies the romanticism of Stevie Wonder. Mm-hmm. And this song to me, just so exemplifies the rom- like what a romantic Stevie Wonder is. And he literally paints, this man is blind. And he painted a perfect image of being in love with somebody outside and what that feels, looks, smells like. And then he's like, I, I I don't wanna bore you with how sappy this is, but like, this is just how I feel. Like you made me feel this way and I didn't know I could feel this way. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is so stunning. Um, and even just like kind of like that bashfulness and wanting to admit how in love you are with somebody, I think like is a feeling that anybody who has ever been in love knows.
0: So true.
1: So right. True. Where you're like, oh, I'm so corny.
0: Yo, it's like almost cringy to acknowledge that, like, yo, I am so sprung right now. Wow.
1: No, that's exactly it. Literally looks at your partner. Done. 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 I love Done. it. <laughs> but, so yeah. One
0: of the lyrics I love is like we lay beneath the stars under a lover's tree that's seen through the eyes of my mind. I reach out for the part of me that lives in you that only our two hearts can find. Who made you feel like that?
1: You know what? This is actually what I think is so interesting about this song is that I first became acquainted with it in a relationship with somebody who was such a romantic for music, but who, who did not make me feel this way. Huh. And I so sorry to this man. If <laughs> he listened to, me, listened to this, but when I So there was a time, there was a time while we were dating and it was like towards the end and we absolutely knew we were gonna break up. And shrooms became a huge part of my my (sighs) healing personality. Okay. And we took shrooms together and we listened to this song. And I remember my mind just going to like literally a space beyond either of us and being like, this is exactly what I know love should feel like. And I cannot wait for the moment that I feel this wow yes and i and i knew that we shouldn't be together because i had not felt that but i knew that that is exactly what love should feel like is there are no senses there's no sensory that can describe that like crown chakra fifth dimensional connection that you have with somebody
0: but i feel like that's really powerful though to understand that within the relationship um because sometimes the most the strongest thing you can do the strongest form of love you can have for someone is to break up with them.
1: Yes. Absolutely. And for yourself. That's exactly right. It's like the highest grace to be like listen, we both deserve something else. And also, you know, that comes with a a huge like i had been through this huge journey at that point through by way of this relationship which i'm super grateful for of realizing like what i thought was love was like combat and what i huh. thought what i thought was love was still enabling me to not be vulnerable enough to experience something like this right like i was still in that like i don't want to bore you right like i don't please I, I can't i can't humor that right now and i also don't think i had really the space for it at the time and um yeah, I think that like coming through that experience of like how much hurt, how much hurt you can put yourself and somebody else through and not being truly truly open and not having the capacity to be seen enough is is what led me to like love love a song like this and love the idea of love and to become a romantic myself.
0: I think it's so interesting that you say what you felt was love at the time was really combat because even with, like, He Wasn't Man Enough For Me, which we just listened to, yes. it's like so much of it is, like, like rooted in a sense of combat and how much of that is fed to us culturally. But yes. this song isn't that. This song is still, like, a blissful, you know, yes. on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on your tippy toes love song. And 100%. it still allows you to kind of feel that bliss. Um are you finding that bliss now? And if not, how are you still managing to find that bliss for yourself?
1: So I actually, I have to say also just like, it's absolutely incredible that you noted that shift, right? Because he wasn't man enough is exactly what I had to work through in -hmm. order to get to that place of appreciating um, art like this, right. And seeing myself in it and believing that I could have it. Like having to work that journey of like, this is what I knew. This is what I knew of love was that it was so, it was like almost political, right? There were two sides and they were never intended to meet. They were never built to meet. Um, like a divine feminine, divine masculine that were never meant to be in harmony. And whether you're queer, straight, whatever, like just this idea that like, there's always just these warring principles inside you before you can find like true, true bliss with somebody else and um so thank you for honoring that because that's exactly the journey that I went through and it unfortunately requires being so hurt in a lot of relationships where you get there and I think that even goes beyond romantic relationships just like realizing how much you get in your own way to finding true connection in other and other versions of connections in your life um sorry what did you just ask me <laughs> no no that's fine it's funny
0: as you were watching as you're telling me that I, I was thinking about like the james baldwin quote like pray for rain it's almost yes. like it's in order to like truly find happiness you have to be hurt and yes like you know, even when, like, I was coaching my younger brother through a breakup and, you know, just kind of pointing out to him, it's like, yo, like, I'm in a place right now that I'm very happy, but I was hurt a ton of times before, you know, and who's to say that I may not be in that place again, but you can only truly appreciate that place, right. you can only truly stretch out and feel the the carpet, yes. <laughs> you know what I mean, you know, okay. when
1: you, lived on the, the pavement when you were on the pavement you know 100 and like you just have to be able to recognize it and i think that that's that is where i i recall your question now that is that is in fact where i feel like i'm at now we're like i know exactly how to recognize a love that would make me feel like the entire album of songs in the key of life because i have given that to myself i see that in myself and i know that whatever i'm looking for looks exactly like me and will feel exactly like me when i listen to this album and when i listen to this song um and that's like a, such a powerful place to be because i feel like i'm just calling it in i don't have to search for it um and i'll be able when i when i see it i'll know that it's kendra shaped and sized and that uh, that works
0: that's beautiful it's kendra shaped and sized. that's so beautiful that's love so beautiful it. i love to hear that um wow like i'm like blushing right now just hear like that like <laughs> That is so sweet.
1: I'm such a a romantic. It's really, really gross. But I, like, have worked really hard to get to the place where that makes me feel good. And I, like, just want to share that with the world. I'm like, you guys are actually at, at the universe, at the world, at the people of the world. You guys are playing yourselves by being cool girl and cool boy, cool person. Like, it's cool to love somebody so intensely and blissfully and to love yourself that way.
0: I love that. So I think let's pick it up, staying in the theme of keys of life. uh, Mm -hmm. The next key that we're going to hit is Meek Mill.
1: Major key. Major key.
0: The next key that we're going to hit is Meek Mill's dreams and nightmares or uh, familiarly known as the intro. Um, I'm really excited that, uh, you know, Kendra, I used to really pray for times like this, you know, (laughs) (laughs) that's so corny, but let's listen to it. And uh, I think we'll listen to like most of it. So we'll be right back. Let's do this
2: shit with Mariah, Mariah. little nigga, I'm on, I'm on fire, icy as a hockey ring, Philly nigga, I'm flyin'. when I bought the Rolls Royce, they thought it was lease, then I bought that new Ferrari, hey, to rest in peace, hey, to rest in peace, rest in peace to the parking lot, Phantom so big, can't even fit in the parking spot, you ain't talkin' about my niggas, then what you talkin' about? gangsta move in silence, nigga, and I don't talk a lot, I don't say a word, I don't say a word, Was on my grind, and now I got what I deserve, fuck nigga, nigga. Hold up, wait a minute, y'all thought I was finished? When I bought the ass tomorrow, y'all thought it was rainy. Flexin' on these niggas, I'm like, pop on the finish. Double M, yeah, that's my T-Rose, the captain, I'm lieutenant, I'm the type. Can the men catch, grind like I'm broke. That limbo, my new bitch, she'll ride like my ghost. I'm riding around my city with my hands strapped on my toes, cause these niggas want me dead.
0: Oh. wow wow i'm
1: sweating wow i'm su- I am actually i'm actually sweating. sweating i'm sweating I'm too sweating. i'm sweating <laughs> wow like the way that that makes me feel is indescribable <laughs> okay wait hold on okay boom boom <sighs> sorry cha- change change and location no it's all good <laughs> it's all good like i'm sweating too man Literally, yo i'm sweating
0: we're here talking okay. about success Oh man, that was Dreams and Nightmares off of Meek's 2012 album, Dreams and Nightmares. Uh, This song honestly reminds me of just being outside, (laughs) you know, like just being in a group of people that you love that like will, that you'll be able to grab their shoulders and just rap every single word of this song with. Like, yo, let's go. Like, you ready for it? Let's go. Let me tell
1: you what, Jack is that this song this is my truth i actually do listen to this all the time i listened to this many times last week i had a lot of wins last week and i listened to it every time um but this was a slight tribute to you every time i listen to this song i actually think about you because i think this is maybe like probably the second or third time we had ever met i was at one of the genius parties and this song played and I have never seen anybody get more hype in all of my days than you when this song came on. And you did. You grabbed all of your boys' shoulders and you said, let's go. And it was literally a niggas mosh pit. Okay? It was a niggas mosh pit. Niggas mosh pit. Over this, over this song. I will tell you that. I will tell you that. And that image is exactly what I have lived for again was to be able to be at another genius rooftop party <sighs> and to be able to feel that spirit again. That's exactly the, right. The crazy part is it's like, I don't, for a song
0: like this, you know, I don't, I've never seen anybody fight to this song. You know what I mean? You know, it's not like you know. Finito. I've seen fights happen to Finito. You know what I mean?
1: This is a celebration I, song. This is a celebration song. It is a celebration song of like, listen, cause the thing is we all eat. We all eat. So mm-hmm. when I make it out, okay, when mm-hmm. I get out the mud, it's going to be you with me too. And that's mm-hmm. what it feels like. That's what it feels like. I love it. I love this song so much. And you know what? I also like this song for me brings like this, like humor and irony because whenever I'm listening to it, like, I remember like last year I would listen to it and I would be in like a black Toyota Camry Uber. Mm. and it's like that's what I'm riding around in it's a black, <laughs> black Toyota Camry Uber yeah. on my on my way to go grab a $15 cocktail with my girls listening to this song mm-hmm. and I think that that is also like a beautiful space to be in where it's like you know what I made it I made I made I made it and this feels good this feels good to me like there's like such an irony in listening to this song sometimes so think that that's
0: very beautiful I have an interesting question for you. Um, Can you talk to me about a W that feels like the first part of the song? So kind of like looking around and you're surprised by everything you have. And a W that feels like the second part of the song when you're aggressive and you're like, you know what? Yes, this is why I'm here. And yes, yes, this is what I have. So can we take the first one for a bit that you can give us?
1: Yeah, absolutely. For me, honestly, they're kind of one and the same. I talk about this a lot with my friends. Like, I really, really firmly believe in the power of vindication especially like i feel like we always we always like throw away the feeling of vindication as an ugly feeling but when you are black and when you are queer and when you are a woman the feeling of getting anywhere where they told you you couldn't is like a huge fuck you and that is such a sweet feeling and it is a motivator enough to get you somewhere good good and important and not just prestigious right and i think that like for me honestly that feeling has come over and over and over again I would say probably in the last like six months because I feel like I finally reached a place of like both acceptance in spaces that alternatively would have denied me grace right Mm -hmm. so like that's in fashion that's in media all these places but also like acceptance of of myself in a way that like has created such colossal growth and like I know that people like I have people all the time who dm me from high school and i'm so proud of you and i'm like motherfucker like i i don't even know your name anymore i I don't know your name anymore so i don't think so i don't think we'll be having this conversation right and that that feeling actually is so good because those same people made you feel like you would never have anything worth having and here we are here we are um I think that, like, when I signed for my first, like, this apartment by myself, that felt amazing, Um, and I recently just, like, signed an incredible advance contract to, like, create a project of my dreams, Uh, and it's entirely by me, and it wasn't granted to any, like, it wasn't granted by anybody who has power over me, and that's all I ever wanted was to be able to, like, sit and create in my one-bedroom apartment in New York City and live my best white girl sex in the city dream but as somebody who's none of those things
0: <laughs> you know what I mean yeah it's like the power of the you know the feeling of vindication I, I feel like that's that's so amazing that you just said that like the feeling of like achieving what they said you couldn't um and I feel like even to be black and successful is radical in itself Absolutely. right in the context of you know, what we as a people, as a shared diaspora have dealt with over the last 500 years, you know, to even achieve the success is radical, just breathing right now is radical. And I feel like Absolutely. that's one of the, the best things about this song, about dreams and nightmares, about the intro, because it encapsulates that, all of it. You hear Meek Mill's story from, you know, the young kid that was rapping, that was selling drugs, that was trying to make it. You hear Meek Mill's story about getting beat up by those cops and then put through the ringer for years on fairly and you also yeah. hear Meek Mill's story of like his album's champions like about winning about success and like you said I did shoot Mariah <laughs> you mean like <laughs> That's
2: it they told me get my him. I, I swear this word to my five of five. and the only way to
1: make it to the top is you go and get it from the bottom yeah. it's never... the hero's arc of like i made it where you guys thought i would never be but also it's sometimes where i thought i would never be yeah. and now my you know my hero's they're my rivals yeah. and that, that that feels so so incredible that feels so incredible like I do think there's like this nuance of like being in such a like an entrapped place right like mm-hmm. obviously like in this song and Meek situation like literal entrapment of being in jail right and also the entrapment of poverty of being a black man of having to do what you have to do in order to get somewhere where you're safe Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, ultimately, like, that's, that's kind of the hero's journey is like, being in a place of scarcity and safety, not even being like an option for you and what you have to do to get to a place of safety of salvation, of peace, um, where you're in control of your own destiny. And I think that like, that is truly like, you know, you talk about how like, of course, it's a of revolution to be a black person in a position of power, right? I think it's a, it's an even greater space of rebellion to be a black person in a space of of collective and be there safely and to have granted yourself that space yeah. because power can be taken from you when it's never built for you um and i think that like that's something that i really recognized and like you know growing up i was like you know being like a fat black kid in the burbs and sometimes not in the burbs but being still a, a blurred right a nerd a nerdy black girl, it, it, just, it was a struggle for me because I was really like, you know, I felt like I had to be so over-functioning and so accomplished and I had to hold positions of power and authority. And then, you know, when I kind of got to like the late teens and early 20s, I realized like those things weren't really built for me, right? And then I kind of let that vindication set in, right? What 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 do they say I could never be? I was like, oh, they said I couldn't be the pretty girl. So let's move to New York and become a model and see how that makes them feel, right? And, and then we did that. But I was still, again, under positions of power. I was signed to an agency that didn't really see it for me. And I was in relation all these, like, friendships and relationships of just, like, superficiality where I had to compete because that is what power is built for, is, like, stepping mm-hmm. on somebody else to get somewhere. Yeah. And those things are of me, right? That, that's not of us. That's not of us. So I think that, like, that recognition of finally settling into safety and not having to be in competition, not having to step on anybody else to get there. Um, but that feels great. that
0: feels great being able to create for yourself by yourself like that's within yourself right. is like that's exactly right, and that's essentially like what this song is i I love that. I love that. I'm really enjoying this very much, so uh, so that was success. Uh, i felt successful with you listening to that just now i felt powerful with you listening to that right now um and we're going to move into lost someone another woman who yeah. um who is successful within herself and is a problematic fave let's let's put it out there he's a Absolutely. 100% a problematic fave but as you Absolutely. said earlier one of the vocal talents of our generation I mean even Mariah Carey was giving her the side eye in that carpool karaoke so exactly right. you know what I mean uh we're gonna That's listen exactly to Ariana right. Grande's Needy um your top song of 2020 the song that dropped in 2019 um I'm excited for this so we'll be right back and we'll check that out
1: you know what I caught the shade and I will take it I can be
2: needed.
0: So we're talking "Lost." That was Ariana Grande's Needy off of her fifth studio album from 2019. Thank you. Next. Uh, now yeah. this song. Um, I mean, when you when you picked when I was looking over your your playlist, um, and <laughs> yeah. when you picked this song for "Lost," I, I mean, I was surprised. You know, it doesn't it didn't really feel like a song that's about loss. It didn't really yeah. it felt like more of like an unrequited love or kind of like a you know. Personal introspective, like understanding uh-huh. that they need someone. I mean it's called needy. So yeah. why did you pick this for loss? Like what context of loss does this song fit in for you?
1: Completely. I will say again, because I am like an OG um capital S, capital G sad girl. I had a hard time with this one because I really love, like, I've always loved music based on unrequited love. Like Mm -hmm. Bonnie Raitt's I Can't Make You Love Me is probably my like most played song of all time. Like, I just love that song. But this, this song, first of all, it's simplicity I think is like really valuable because I feel like she speaks on an experience of losing yourself like kind of like this recognition of like I'm not who I thought I was I feel like she enters this space of I'm not who I thought I was and I recognize now I actually am so needy and I I feel like there's almost like in in between the lines of what she's saying is like I am no longer apologizing for being somebody who is needy and also who wants to be needed Mm. and I think that that's something that a lot of like very successful and powerful women have a very very hard time admitting to themselves because that's kind of how you get there um and it requires like a lot to be able to be like you know what like I am somebody who has needs and I also recognize that I've had these experiences of like codependency or of enmeshment or of these other concepts that we learned in therapy, shouts out to the therapy mm-hmm. of like kind of seeing these patterns of like needing to be needed by somebody and how it also like can be a place of great fear. Um, and I, yeah, I feel like for one, it definitely held me down in a space of loss of my own. Uh, I like had a like year long breakup with somebody And just because of that, like that addiction to being needed by somebody and addiction to Mm -hmm. needing somebody is like not real. Mm -hmm. Like it truly is an addiction. It's like a fiction that you make up in your mind of like, this person makes me happy. And like being of use to this person makes me happy. Mm -hmm. And that's how you get caught up in this shit for so long past the point of it being valuable to you. But it requires being able to recognize it and being able to say like, you know what? I realize I need to be needed by this person because I'm needy. Because mm-hmm. I have needs that aren't being met. And I do think that, like, there there is a place of loss there. Like, there is this kind of, like, tinge of sadness of, like, thinking that you were once somebody else and having to let that person go in order to, like, step into, like, actually having your needs met. Um, and I, I felt at the time I was definitely losing a lot of myself that I needed to. They were, they were not things that were serving me well. To, like, step into this realization, like, you know what? Like, I actually am a needy bitch. I have a lot of needs because I can fulfill a lot of needs, right? Because I know I can show up for a lot of needs. So I need those things returned. And, yeah, it was, like, that, like, bittersweet, it was that bittersweet feeling of stepping into that knowing of myself that this song perfectly encapsulated for so long.
0: So would you say that this is kind of, like, the loss of, like, losing your old self but realizing that you... That wasn't your true self anyway, like almost as if like you're the butterfly looking down at you when you were you know a caterpillar and saying like oh i i that used to be me, but that's not me anymore, like I lost that part of me, and this is for that yes
1: yes, and it was kind of like this like nostalgic feeling of like i see I see how there was a time when that kept you safe, but it kept you small, it kept you small, it kept you safe, but it kept you small, and you didn't have your wings and you couldn't fly. Right. You couldn't feel that like freedom of actually being in love with somebody of actually having your needs met. And, uh, yeah, no, this song just did that for me. And also something about this song is like perfect to listen to when you're sad and you're in the shower. It's just such, it's, it's that moment of being in the shower. of so sad and or cruising in the car, looking out the car in a cinematic way when it's raining This song, it's perfect for those moments.
0: It's like when you're a kid, you're leaning on the glass and you're just like riding in your own condensation. <laughs>
1: that's, that's exactly, that's exactly. They're just such dramatics. They are such dramatics to this song. Um, but also, yeah, no, I love, I love the purity of like when she breaks down and she's like, I'm going to scream and shout for what I love. And I am passionate and I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. I just feel like that is something that I do not know I don't know that many people in my personal life, which I'm sure is a part of like, you, you attract your tribe, right? Who are like, just so, so willing to be like, you know what, I don't feel bad at all for how much of a lover I am. Hmm. Um, and I think that's so beautiful.
0: I think this is something we were just talking about before. It's like, there's no, it's like, stop being so cool about it. Stop being too cool about it. And I do feel like just culturally, at least in our, you know, respective bubbles, right? But there is uh, a group of people that are just saying like, you know what, like, yeah, I am unapologetically in love with you, right? Being, you know, unapologetically in love, I'm not going to act too cool about it. And I do feel like that comes out of like a
1: place of maturity, you know? That's absolutely right. And also just like maturity, self-awareness, which is really hard and really scary. So I get why not a lot of people want to do it you once you open it up you can't turn back it's like mm-hmm. going through the closet and finding narnia
0: like oh you're <laughs> gonna keep on going
1: back to narnia because there's wonders right there's things that you've never seen before there's people that you've never seen before there's mysteries that you've never seen before right that's why you keep on going there i feel like that's how we feel about ourselves in love and it's like once you like enter that place of self-awareness you realize like okay i can't go back i gotta keep on trying to find yeah. what makes me feel good um that kind of like Unabashed exploration and love, and also just that kind of like acceptance, like that acceptance of like how fucking corny it is, and how corny you're going to feel, and that somebody is going to see you like up and down. It's somebody's going to see you acting like a crazy bitch. That's exactly right. And I feel like that is also something that we fear. Is like, okay, I know how how weirdo I am when I'm by myself. Is it gonna feel? too scary or comfortable to share that with somebody else. And yeah, of course, it's always scary. But that's what courage is, right? Being afraid and still doing it anyway.
0: I mean, I'm sure, you know, the scariest part for the Caterpillar is when it goes into the cocoon, right? It's like, you don't know what you're going to look like when you come out. If you really think about it, right? It's like- You're just living in there, you're hanging out there, like anything can come and eat you, (laughs) you know, like the scariest part about growth is probably the final stretch because before you come on out of it, like you have no clue what it's going to look like when you're out there. And will you miss, you know, how small you are? Will you miss that feeling? 100%
1: because you built this whole world. You built this whole world around it, right? Like that's all you've known every single day was walking in the life of a caterpillar. And there is, there are literally, there's an entire universe that you're going to be able to see. And that is terrifying, Mm -hmm. right? Like when you're a caterpillar, you only see the earth. And suddenly you get to fly and you get to go to other places and see other things. And that, yeah, that's terrifying, 100%. Uh, And that does require loss it does, it does. Require losing a whole life a whole life before that so um yeah no i i've been really like venturing into the the multitudinal complication of, mm. of growth of stepping into what's required for you to fly and enjoy life and see life in a different way and experience the wonders of being yourself and um this song very much gave me that
0: so I I, normally after loss, I've always like trying to find ways to kind of pick up our spirits, but I feel like my spirits are already elevated because the best thing about this podcast is finding the different ways that people apply songs to their lives and different ways they apply the seven topics to their lives, in different contexts. So that context of loss didn't leave me sad. It left me power, energized. It left me fairly powerful. And I'm, I'm, and I'm sure that's that's shared. So um we're gonna go into Absolutely. our next topic, which is adorations like people you Stan, and uh we don't even have to pick up the spirits because our spirits are gonna be perfectly uh topped off even uh by paramore's brick by boring brick. And yes. uh, we could bop our heads to that and we could talk about on the other end why black people love Haley Williams so
1: damn much. <laughs> exactly right. right. <laughs> <laughs> spirit wow wow
0: so that was uh power more brick by boring brick off of the group's 2009 album the third brand new eyes um the climax the end ba our sister Haley wow. sister hayley williams sister Haley williams, s-
1: sister,
0: williams. <laughs> um and i swear for all the listeners like you know the music video takes place, uh, it's very much about butterflies. That was not intentional, but it literally dovetailed perfectly. Uh, I want to talk about why do you stand Haley Williams? I mean, do you stand Par- <laughs> Paramore or Haley Williams? But I think I've already answered that question. I think we've already answered that.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. You know what? Okay, of course, it is both. It absolutely is both because I mean, Paramore is how I got acquainted with Haley Williams. They're still fully a band, but Haley Williams is such a person of her own um and it absolutely it's i'm gonna have to go with with queen haley with miss haley Mm. um i don't believe in giving white people an invitation to the cookout but when the race war comes i will be saving miss haley
0: (laughs) yo you know what i agree with that i agree with that because like you know giving white people an invite to the cookout it, it then they take liberties on it that they should never have taken. I mean, shit. It's like, not for them. It's not. I was just watching an episode of. Uh, well, Amika was just watching Empire, and Chet Hayes is in it, right? And he's in a whole arc, and it's like now, look what this. <laughs> look what we've done. Look <laughs> what you've done. Yeah. So it's. <laughs> it's like you know, you know, but at the same time, I totally agree with you. Yeah, it's like. But black people do be loving Haley
1: Williams. <laughs> the thing is, Haley actually knows that she needs to stay in her fucking lane. She has yeah. never tried to be anything or anybody but the white woman that she is and yeah. she does it impeccably and she is such an in- also i will say this Haley williams does not sing she sings and she could sing literally anything <laughs> mm-hmm. and this is not true for most white vocalists mm-hmm. she could sing any she could sing absolutely any genre she could be a soul singer and she would still absolutely fucking do it like she's just such a crazy vocalist and also she's a crazy lyricist
0: and even Haley williams has expressed regret over some of the lyrics that she has said but still Paramore has still held held up they still held you you know there's nothing about them that has made you want to re-listen to them in a way that's like no
1: No, Haley williams has never once avoided accountability like with misery business they literally stopped performing their most successful record and she actually waited for other people to show her grace like at one point literally I, i think it was like at the beginning of of the winter i remember seeing on twitter like discourse of people being like please like we still want to hear it like we know we know it's problematic but like okay we have a lot of problematic things, we still want to hear it um and she did this like live poll and i thought that was like really interesting because she understands that she's granted this space by other people uh which artists just don't take that kind of accountability period so i i appreciate that
0: i mean i i feel like in many ways like you have to they have you have to grow into it and you have to like yeah. have a career of being true to yourself and true to your fans to in order to get that yeah. grace so it's almost like she's using up the credits that she's like built up all these years that's exactly right it's like having a bunch of uh uh credit card points and you know what i mean like you could use them now all right cool so it's like now we could talk about do we want to continue to listen to these songs right because we need context and i feel like as a culture that feels like the direction we're kind of moving in whereas like you know everybody before it was like let's let's just stop listening to it let's stop like you know playing it which is one which is fair and true but it's also yes. like, well, let's put it in the proper context let's acknowledge that this is what this was let's acknowledge this is the time that it happened and she Completely. atoned for it and then now she's coming to us looking for that grace in order to continue to perform it and continue to do better by it
1: that's absolutely right and then also it's like you know we believe those things when she wrote it and we no longer yeah. believe those things right it's like you know, I I have grown through so so many stages of my life with Miss Haley Williams and Paramore. When I first started listening to her, I was still straightening my hair and doing a full swoop bang across my forehead. Oh. And I, I first saw them perform. I saw this song perform live, which is why I chose it for the first time at Warped Tour, which I went to three times, okay? Yeah. Um, I had many pair of bands. I was in I was in a full fueled by ramen moment for for me and the fact that I have gone through my white phase which is just what we're going to acknowledge it as and have grown (laughs) into my blackness and Haley Williams has not grown sour on my tongue is a testament it truly truly is it's a testament
0: I mean, hey, like as you mentioned earlier, being a blurred, blurred growing up in the the suburbs and sometimes the not so suburbs. It's like even listening to Paramore, even going to Warped Tour. It's like the black people in your life don't necessarily understand it, and the white people that aren't in your life but are at Warped Tour don't want you in the pit. That's they exactly don't want right. you there. Like it's it's uh, it's it's, it's radical. Like, I I feel like a broken record, but it's, it's true. So much about you is radical. So much about like, this existence is radical, even this conversation. Right. And, you know, but I'm happy we were able to vibe out to that because I really felt like I, I, I was there with you as, as a younger you, how old were you when you were, you know, you know, listening to us, you know, straightening your hair with the swooped out bags, like talk to um, me
1: about Um, so I first discovered Paramore when I was probably, In sixth grade, seventh grade. I think seventh grade is when, yeah, I think seventh grade is when self-titled album came out with Emergency and Franklin, which were like my two favorite songs. I I cruised straight through probably 2019 or 2009, excuse me, 2019 would have been a long time. 2009, (laughs) 2009, which is when... Which is when brick by board and brick really, really got me. Mm-hmm. And I will say, I had a very, very hard time choosing a song from the discography, but i I had to choose brick by board and brick because it was the inspiration for my Tumblr account name.
0: What was the Tumblr account name?
1: it was it was vision in the darkness at <laughs> dot dot com. <Tumblr.com. laughs> And there's a there's a lyric right before the final breakdown of Brick by Boring Brick where um she says if it's not real you can't hold it in your hands, you can't see it with your heart, and I won't believe it. But if it's true, you can see it with your eyes. Oh, even in the dark. If
2: it's not real, you can't hold it in your hand. You can't feel it with your heart. Die.
1: And the whole song, the whole art, honestly, Brick by Boring Brick also is crazy how much it ties into so many of the conversations we've had already because the whole arc of the song is kind of a hero's journey of literally burying like your humanness mm-hmm. to like go towards things that don't serve you, which is crazy because she was also super young when she wrote the song. Yeah. But it very much is like that. It's like you have to bury a part of yourself and like show up for like the magic in your life and what what is real, even though you can't see it. And I, it's crazy how much I have, I live by that to this day. So
0: you have to show up for the magic in your life. How many gems are you going to drop? (laughs) <laughs> you so you're a factory Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> mass producing so <laughs> like no Thank but seriously so yeah show up for the magic in your life um and that's like that perfectly leads us into our next topic we're talking guilty pleasures these are like your your shower concerts these are the songs that we're not embarrassed to say that we love them <laughs> and uh showing up for the magic in your life could lead you to having a Perfect day. Yes, I did it. Yes, I did it. Uh we're gonna listen to Hoku's perfect day. We're gonna check about check that out and then we'll chat about it on the other side. All right we're talking guilty pleasures that was hoku's perfect day i love that love you picked it. this love that you picked it uh, i was reading up on you earlier and you mentioned how you have a nice little regimen in the morning um don't check your phone you do your skin regimen and you journal and me i'm also a prominent journaler like i yes big on journaling. Like I, I, I waver in and out of my practice, but like, you know, I have about like 12 moleskids full of just like cringy material. Uh, can you tell me why journaling leads you to having a perfect day? I want to talk about that.
1: Um, much in the essence of this song, it requires presence. It requires <sighs> presence. And I think that that's why also, I am just, I think it's, I know you get this. It's the nature of being creative. It's the nature of being um, somebody who yearns, right. Somebody who dreams and desires for something more than their present is like, you have to kind of assess where you're at right now. Mm -hmm. And um, because you can just be this like jumbled up ball of emotions and thoughts and, and, and feels and all those things are valid and have to be addressed. Otherwise you carry them into a future that shouldn't look anything like a lot of those things. Um, That's really true. so yeah, journaling, you know, journaling is just like, I mean, she's the star, she's the moment, forever the moment. Yeah. I, I think that like, also, because I am somebody who like freedom of expression is the the crux of everything that I do. Like, it, it is why I do everything that I do. It's why I put on earrings. It's why I, I do my makeup. It's why I do my hair a certain way. It's why, like, it's why I say what I say. Like, everything that I do is about freedom of expression and the ability to move through that as fluidly as I desire. And I feel like, you know, a lot of that comes from just wanting to be seen and wanting to be heard. Yeah. Not everything needs to be seen and heard, but everybody you know what i'm saying like you can see and hear yourself like you should still grant space you should still grant space to those things before people call um the ambulance on you and i think i think that that is what what journaling is for right it's it's a way for you to see and hear yourself and to be able to feel like i got that off my chest and now i don't have to carry into my day And now I don't have to carry it to this meeting. And now I don't have to put it on, you know, my best friend who I know needs something else from me right now. Like, it's just, it's a great way to create space for yourself.
0: I I agree because it really is something about getting it down on the, on the page that, Like, it's almost like you get the worst possible scenario that you're dreading. And as long as you're able to write it down on the page, it just kind of lifts off of your shoulders. And it's almost as if it never even bothered you before. And when you move through periods, like kind of like a period that I'm in right now, like I haven't like hardcore journaled in about a month or so, like Mm -hmm. after doing it every single day for like months at a time and then being off it it's just like you just realize it's like almost things just stick to you more and it just it's just harder to let things go and you know you really can't have a great day like that is so that is so profound like when i found that out about you i was like oh i zeroed in on that i'm like this is what i want to talk about like because i feel like there isn't as much journaling now because we have cell phones and you know and everything's so digital, and it's not this, like, writing in your notes app isn't the same as, like, sitting there and, like, you know, just, like, put, like, putting pen to paper, <laughs> you know, like, it's not the same.
1: I, I completely agree, like, I think that that's, like, I think that that's why it's a grounding, that's why it's, like, a grounding technique, because, like, there is something real and earth-like in what you're doing, like, it, it is a real pen with real ink, and it is real pe- paper that came from somewhere, and I think that, like, as like trite as that is, I I do think it's reality, right? Because like our phones are so much attached to a lot of our anxiety. Yeah. And a lot of the other things that we try to find solace in are also attached. Like I I make money off the internet. If I only use my notes app, um, it would be very hard for me to to detach work from my feelings from whatever. And uh yeah, it's just not a valuable it's not a valuable tool to me, really. Every once in a while I will say, like, I really love to go on, like, a long walk, and um sometimes writing it down does not work for me, or, like, typing, writing nothing, and I still need to hear it, and so I will use voice notes. I have a lot of voice notes of me cursing people out.
0: That was my next question, talking about your voice notes. Can you tell us about you know the many many voice notes you have which i'm sure serve a similar but just an auditory purpose as journaling yeah. does
1: it's a lot of fake arguments you know you know those you know like when you're by yourself in your room and you're like and hey, you know what what the th-? that is that is what i'm doing in the, in the voice Ooh. notes is my fake is the fake arguments of all the things that i would love to say but i know will not serve me in saying them to somebody, I won't get the reaction that I need. I won't get what I, the, the desired response. I got to give it to myself. So, yeah, I'm going to go off on a bitch one time on this nice little stroll to the bodega. <laughs> <laughs> and I That's, look crazy. I know I look crazy.
0: But you know what, though? The Something that, like, journaling shows you is that sometimes the best place to be is in your own little crazy. <laughs> you know? It's like... <laughs>
1: That is honestly, that is all I, that's the only place I truly desire to be. Okay. Everything else is riffraff. All right. Everything else is riffraff and, or like the greatest delight to be able to share your own little crazy with somebody. But if it's not a little crazy, I don't want it.
0: So uh, let's, let's take it home. The final topic is today. This is for the songs that are like, that you're obsessed with like right now like yes. as of the last like couple weeks and the song you picked the sirs the recipe um which is not necessarily new it's off his uh, second album chasing summer but uh let's uh-huh. do to to it and then we'll talk about why you picked it and then um we'll wrap this up but this has been so much fun so far and uh yeah this is just so great this is so great i've a
2: father I don't mean to mislead her But if she believed every word that I said I'd take it all back She playing follow the leader But that doesn't mean that I ain't gotta leave her She say she could give me what I need I should make her more than company I swear she got that fire But does it compare to Kelly? No She's so happy when she's next to, me. next to me. Thought she had me, baby, really thought she had me. Now she feeding for the rest of me. But that isn't in the recipe.
1: He was serving up some tough information. <laughs> <laughs> Kedra. dry. <laughs> he was serving up some tough information. Let me tell you what. Oh. All right,
0: so what, well, so we, uh, that was how uh, I the recipe off of his second album, Chasing Summer, for today. The topic where we talk about the songs that you're, you're into today. Uh, he was serving up some tough information. What, what information were you picking up from that? And why did you, you know, pick it for today?
1: <laughs> when SZA's grandma says, Thank they you. think you stupid, Thank this me. song makes me realize they do think I'm stupid. I mean, Chasing Summer, I think, is an incredible album front to back. I feel like Sir does a great job of kind of like I feel like a lot of songs are created in the perspective of retrospect, Mm. right? Of like, okay, I've made a final judgment on this relationship and that I was right or you were wrong. And I feel like a lot of the songs on this album, like, um, Cause I Love You, or That's Why I Love You with Sabrina Claudio, um, Wires in the Way, obviously John Redcorn, like a lot of these songs that he has on this album are really reminiscent of like, a lot of relationships that we have maybe had in passing that were of incredible emotional value to us and serve their purpose, but you can't keep for forever and yeah. you're not supposed to keep for forever. And I feel like, uh, yeah, this, this song the recipe is about that kind of relationship where it's like, you both know that this is not something that is supposed to be for forever that this is not something that's supposed to stand the test of time but sometimes we get ourselves a little caught up in those immediate feelings that we desire or that sexual relationship or whatever and like somebody's gonna like kind of has to be the bearer of bad news like (laughs) and that's just a it's a tough spot to be in but i like i love when he's like you know, like, you know, like, you know, this could never be real. We already talked about this. You know, this is not, you know, this is not even good for you. Like Mm -hmm. the reality of the situation is not for both of us, but I have to be the bearer of bad news. And, um, and also like he just pays, he pays homage to the fact that it is a relationship that he enjoys, right. That he does like, he does in fact want to keep on seeing her, but this is not something that is for forever.
0: Um, It's complicated. And as we spoke about before, that sometimes the most powerful form of love in a relationship is breaking up with somebody.
1: That's exactly right. But I do feel like he did call me out of my name when, he, it, when he's like, let it go, let it go. Girl, this ain't what you want, and you know. I was like, bitch, maybe I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I am like, oh, you yelling at me quit yelling at me. This song is very loud. This song is very loud. And it's also just like, it's a great, this, uh, why I chose that today is because this is a song that I will be in the middle of my day. And I will sing, I will be singing this song just cause it's a, it's just a fun song to sing. Like he hits some incredible high notes. Uh, the chorus, the chorus is so easy to sing. And um, yeah, it's, just, it's a great tune. It's a great bop and like i said chasing summer is like to me it's like take care at this point where i listen to it so frequently Yo. i listen to it so frequently
0: yeah that's awesome kendra thank you this has been such a lovely conversation like this musical journey so much fun. so like i wish i was wearing a heartbeat monitor because you could just see <laughs> like my BPM just fluctuating, oh, fluctuating over so many different places, like from when it started with Tony Braxton to uh, even to Hoku, Perfect Day to back at Ariana Grande's Needy, now to where we are with Sir. Like this has been, you know, oh, and especially a Dreams and Nightmares. So, like Kendra, Absolutely. this is so awesome. Thank you so much.
1: No, it was the greatest honor. Such a pleasure, and honestly. I feel like this discussion has like revitalized my excitement for these songs, which is such a tribute to you. So thank you so much.
0: What do you have coming up? Like what's, what's, what can we expect? And what can you share? You know, um, we all know real G's move in silence, but what are you ready to be loud about?
1: That's exactly right. Um, no, coming up here, I am shifting more into like sharing myself, uh, more openly with my audience i'm getting more deeply into writing i have been writing a book for about three years now and i am i am gearing up to share some of that more widely at the beginning of april uh i can i cannot tell you exactly what the product is but i can tell you that it is something that you can subscribe to and that i will be i will be sharing on my instagram at kendramers uh and any other platforms you can find me at kendramers Um, and there will be more tiktoks in the future because right now that is that is my life source, so I'll be sharing more on TikTok.
0: Yeah, uh, Amika is very much into TikTok. I'm, I kind of hold it at arm's length. I view most of my TikToks through her.
1: <laughs> Wait, uh, can you even get TikTok on your Android?
0: <laughs> I knew that was coming. <laughs> Yes, I can, but in many ways, like the 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 camera still sucks for it, so I don't make that many TikToks, like you know. So, which is part of the reason why I hold it at arm's length. Um, but that's hilarious. Yes. <laughs>
1: sorry, I I wish that were not the case for you. I will say you're doing it to yourself. Hey, but I
0: understand. There are changes in the future. There are some changes in the future, you know.
1: Okay, gorgeous. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. You've Always. been bullied enough. You've been bullied enough. <laughs> Thank you so much, Jacques. I appreciate
0: you. Thanks for listening to The 7 Tracks of Kendra Austin's Life. You can hit me up on Instagram at at7trackspodcast. This podcast is hosted and produced by Jacques Morel with additional help from Jay Lee. It's also edited by Jamal Padmore. We'll see y'all soon. Peace.